Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, everybody, and happy Halloween. Hi, Billy. How you doing, buddy? I'm fine. I'm fine, thanks. That's good. You, you're all pumped for Halloween? Well, no, I live in a country where Halloween's, Halloween's not really a thing in the country I live Shut in. Shut so, up. So, no. <laughs> I mean, Halloween is a holiday that is like, it's purely about fun. But it's not a holiday here, really. You live in Australia. <laughs> we as a country should really embrace Halloween more than we do. Should we embrace Guy Fawkes Night? Because that's yeah. fun. We should. Why don't we do Diwali? Don't know what that is. It's, it's the Indian Festival of Lights. Why not? I'd be more up for that. <laughs> what about Thanksgiving? Let's do Thanksgiving. I'm going to a friend's place for Thanksgiving. Well, there you go. So you'll do that, but you won't come to my Halloween parties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's been a big week. We had an awesome time guesting on the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast. Great was, fun. It was good fun. We had to combine our list of our top 10 crimes in films. I got a positive bit of feedback from someone who is not normally geared to giving me positive feedback, my brother. (laughs) I was going to ask if it was a family member. And he was like, I really liked your list. And he even thought that our combined list was – he's like, good teamwork because your combined list was better than – your individual list. You came to. He thought we came together in brilliant fashion, mate. Thanks for that, buddy. I thought that our list was excellent as well. And if you would let me vote for ourselves, mate, it is better to not win <laughs> than to win by voting for yourselves. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so you should definitely go check out the Countdown Movie and TV Review podcast. Listen to that episode at least. If not, well, you should have done it last week and voted for <laughs> That's us. That's right. If not their entire backlog, because they're great. And if you want to hear our list making, uh, then we actually recorded that and put it up on the Patreon. And also, I have an announcement, a special, I think I might have mentioned this to you, astute listeners of our show will remember about six months ago. Don't do it. I joked about my own spin-off show called Billy Creeps You Out. You do where, that every week. Where, where I read creepy stories from the internet with kind of ominous music behind. And I about six months ago, I mentioned that I did record two episodes. I'm putting them up on the Patreon for Halloween. Okay. So, so they will be up right now for Patreons at all dollar levels. This is this is too good to to make that exclusive. So it's not good enough that people should have to pay for the privilege. <laughs> and okay, I say this only semi-informed because I only listened to the first two minutes of one that you did and was like, <laughs> I'm over it. I've got better things to do in my life, and I really don't, so it's not saying much. Uh, Welcome, dear listeners. And if you can't guess what we're talking about this week, it is Halloween 2018. Just called Halloween. Just called Halloween. Same as the first one. Same as the first one, which you have not seen. I've seen zero Halloween films. Okay. I like my my Freddy and my Jason. Yeah. I've never seen a single Halloween until now. Okay. All right. Interesting. So So this is a, correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. This is a sequel to the first film that ignores everything else. That's right. It's effective. I guess you could call it both a sequel and a reboot. It it retcons everything, ignores everything from the previous films, and follows on directly from 1978, the first Halloween, which is a ballsy move because Halloween 2 is, is actually a direct continuation. It continues on on that same night. Mm-hmm. So we're ignoring everything that happened there, ignoring everything right. in the 10 films after and going straight to here 40 so years later. It follows on from like- what, Halfway through. 11.45 <laughs> at night or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's an odd way of doing things. Yeah. 
So, Halloween, uh, directed by David Gordon Green and written by Green, Jeff Fraley, and Danny McBride. It's the 11th installment in the Halloween film series, but as we said, it's a direct sequel to the 1978 film of the same name. It's set 40 years after the original film, and it follows Laurie Strode, Jamie Lee Curtis. Hey, I know her. (laughs) As she prepares to face Michael Myers when he returns to Haddonfield after his killing spree on Halloween night in 1978. The film stars Jamie Lee Curtis, Nick Castle, Judy Greer, Woo, Carol, <laughs> Will Patton, and Virginia Gardner. <laughs> Let's get into it. So we were going to watch this together. We were going to. And you to. abandoned me. Oh, I mean, we ended up seeing it. We must have been like half an hour apart or something. I was probably still in the cinema when you entered the cinema. Oh, okay. Let's figure this out. <laughs> I went to a I went to a one fifteen screening. You went in fifteen minutes after I got out. So the movie kind of um, starts off with, amusingly enough, a couple of podcasters. <laughs> I know. And I was like, oh, clearly assholes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Self-important flogs. <laughs> it, was, it was weird to see podcasting on the big screen like that. Uh, has, do you think podcasting has become that mainstream? Well, we haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I... I did not like those characters. Oh, I was more than happy for them to get killed. Yeah, they didn't really add a whole bunch to this to this story. Yeah, the the guy in particular was a total irrit. One of the 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 dude podcaster. Yeah, he, he at one point they're talking and he says something about because they're investigating the Michael Miles murders of 1978 and yeah. and says you know there haven't been any new perspectives on this in decades and I was like. Well, yes, <laughs> you could be talking about the genre. <laughs> yeah. I was like, and I wonder if that'll change. What do you mean by that? Well, every one of these films is just a carbon copy, oh, basically, yeah. of another one. Yeah. Like the before um, before Freddy vs. Jason came out in the day, me and a mate of mine spent the week leading up to it. We just sat at his place and just binged Freddy and Jason films to the point where it would be coming up to, say, minute 18 yeah. And one of us would be like, someone's about to get stabbed through the back. <laughs> and then- <laughs> they are very formulaic. And so, yes, the um, I was kind of amused by his line about there hasn't been any new perspectives on this. And I'm like, are you talking about the case or the movies? <laughs> I, I think that that was an interesting um, throw to the fact that they're ignoring all the movies that have taken place since the first one. So they're kind of saying, ignore all that stuff. Nothing's happened in 40 years. And there, you would have missed all this, but there were a lot of kind of homages to that. At one point, uh, Alison, Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter, is chatting to some friends about Michael Myers. And one of them says something along the lines of like, oh, is it true that, that he was um, Laurie Strobe's brother? And she was like, no, nah, that was just a rumor that was made up. That's something that actually happens in the, in the sequel. In Halloween 2, you find out that he was her brother. Right. So that was just this way of saying, no, nah, ignore all that shit. It's all not canon. There was a couple of shots that I was like, I reckon that's a throwback shot. There were there were a few. Yeah, there were a few. Uh, the the famous balcony scene right at the end of the film, it, it's flipped here. Michael Myers pushes Jamie Lee Curtis out of the balcony, looks away for a second, looks down and she's gone. That was in the original, Jamie Lee Curtis pushes Michael out of the balcony. And there was a shot where just like Jamie Lee Curtis's head is just lit in this shot of otherwise darkness, which yeah. rung a... I felt like that's a shot that I've seen before. Yeah. Is that well, right? It, yeah, I believe so. So let's talk about the lighting, actually, while you're talking about her face being lit in the darkness. I thought the film was put together really nicely. It looked very Blumhouse. Yeah. It's like, here's your budget. 
<laughs> That's all. And like I'm, I'm, I respect the Blumhouse business model. Yeah. The all right, we're giving you for argument's sake twelve million dollars. Yeah. If you come to us wanting more, we will say no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so yeah, like it looks like a horror film. Yeah. But a very well shot horror film. Do you agree? Yeah, I, it's fine. <laughs> it's like, yeah, lots of contrast and we could afford this many lights <laughs> and so we're using them. <laughs> it is a smart business model because this movie has been smashing oh. at the box office, as most Blumhouse films do. Yeah. You know, they they make a massive profit and yet they never up the budget on the next film. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, the business model's fine. Um, some things that have come out of Jason Blumhouse's mouth lately, not as great. Tell me about that. Okay, I haven't like fully listened or read all his statements, so this is I stand to be corrected on this because this is just my understanding of recent events. Um, was that he was asked about the fact that Blumhouse has never made a film with a, a female director, right? And his response was something along the lines of, and again, this is just my understanding. Oh well, they're just they're they're just not really out there. <laughs> and, and people's response to that was, um. <laughs> Uh, there was a similar thing with Saturday Night Live a couple of years ago where they were talking about the lack of female, I think it was specifically African-American female cast members. And Lorne Michaels basically was like, oh, there just aren't any funny ones. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing that that mentality still exists. And this would have been, I think, a prime example of a film that could have benefited from a female director. You've got a strong female cast. Like, I think this is smashing records for, for example – films with a female lead over 55, which, to be honest, this must be one of the only movies that does have a female lead over 55. Well, yeah, it's like- In the genre. It, well, yeah, in the genre, certainly, because I was going to say it's it's this and Meryl Streep. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think the entire cast, really, it is all these strong females. Judy Greer kicks ass in this role, as she always does. I love Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> this, I think this would have really lent itself to a female perspective in well, the yeah, direction. Because one thing I like about the f- I like that it is a film of its time. Yeah. Um, I think that's cool. It's one thing I did like about the film is that you've got not not just the object of terror in the film is not merely a white man. He's wearing a mask that's painted white. It's like <laughs> it's like as white man as you can get, <laughs> really. And it's and it's up to the ladies to to smash the guy. I do think Michael is at his most threatening in this film, which you you haven't seen any of the others, but he's bulking, he's tough. His first, like, five or so kills, he's not even wearing the mask. When he's going to the podcasters in the bathroom and he reaches his hand over and just drops those teeth over in the bathroom stall, that was a very cool moment. Like, How old was Michael in the first one? Well, well, he's six when, when we see his first murder, but he's 21. He's, he's 20-ish, I believe, for the majority of the film. Yeah, right. Because yeah. I was like, there's some pretty astonishing feats of strength from a guy who, like, I didn't know how old he was. I was like, this could be a senior citizen. Yeah, well, he's who's 50 plus. Like, actually 60. smashing people's heads up, like, the mountain style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did also think it's fun. Like, when you see him in the mental hospital at the start of the film and he's kind of chained there, I was like, how does he have such good muscle definition? <laughs> like, he's he's effectively veal. He's been chained to the spot, unable to work out or anything. Yeah. How is he such a bulking piece of meat? <laughs> it's almost like we're not supposed to take it particularly <laughs> seriously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, there are some vicious kills in this film. I think the, the best is the, the curb stomp. Ooh. 
It demolishes that head. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah. Um, one thing that that occurred to me while watching it was I was just kind of amused by the fact that I don't know what rating this film had in the US, but it seemed clear that there are points where they're – I mean, there's one point in particular where they're very careful not to swear. Right. And because, of course, you can only get so many cuss words in there before, yeah. you, before your rating – Goes up, and I'm just like, it's hilarious that you can stab as many people through the back of the neck as you want, <laughs> yeah. But but don't swear because <laughs> yeah. that would be bad. <laughs> yeah. Also, I did find it interesting when you look at this compared to horror films of the 70s and even the 80s. Nudity was always a large part of those films, or not even necessarily nudity, but like you look at Jamie Lee Curtis's outfit in the original 78 where she's this babysitter, short skirt, you know, that kind of thing. And then I think they make a real point in this film of having our young female dressed as a man. They do the gender swap for Bonnie and Clyde. And so the entire film, she's in like a pantsuit basically. And I thought that was an interesting kind of take on it, which really flips the genre around because particularly those early horror movies, you know, the the rule of thumb was if people are fucking or or if someone's naked, they're going to get killed. Yeah. Yeah. It is a, I do think that audience, and I think probably specifically American audiences have become more squeamish with nudity over the decades. They, yeah, which is like really Tom's, strange. Like the, the English will put stuff everywhere. They don't care. Oh, yeah, and I mean, but, you know, European films or, you know, Asian films. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, it's just the um, whatever film alliance, you know, the family values alliance for family, families <laughs> values. Yeah. They've done a. They've probably done sterling work in <laughs> keeping skin out of the way of the camera. Yeah, but it's just interesting. Like when you talk about, you know, how you can have as much violence as you want, but yeah, when it comes to nudity or language, it's like, yeah. oh, we can't have that. Yep. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like sure, stomp a dude's head open or you know, rip someone's jaw and teeth out, but no, we we can't show breasts. You mustn't swear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What actually the my favorite bit of ultra violence is actually the um when we're looking into a house from the outside and, and Michael knifes someone through the back of the neck. Yeah, actually. I was like, that was fun. That, well, that entire sequence leading up to that, you've got that one take of him getting the hammer from the shed, it goes into the house. You know what I don't like about that sequence, though? What's that? When he's walked off, off camera, he's like behind a wall where he's hammering this poor lady. Yeah, yeah. And that chair falls over and you're like, hang on. <laughs> if you <laughs> break down the staging of this scene- how did that chair fall over? Well, from the force there was of the a, hammer. There was a- Oh, the shockwave. Yeah, the shockwave. Yeah. I, I was wrong. You yeah. have to learn your physics, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was actually a pretty average bit of stage. Like, Michael walks this side of the table, yeah, as does. she yeah. has, and, and then this, tab- this chair on the other side of the table, which clearly no one has touched, just <laughs> bump. <laughs> It's like, boom. Yeah, all right. Yeah, you got that. Yeah. Um, again, it's it's like it's not real. Um, <laughs> uh, best on ground for the movie is the kid that she's babysitting. Oh, mate, that kid is hilarious. <laughs> what a little champion. And I'm here clipping my stanky-ass toenails. That kid was great. He was awesome. I would I would watch a spin-off, I was which thinking was the just same that thing. kid. Yeah. That needs to be like a Netflix series of like <laughs> called Kid Trimming Toenails or something. <laughs> The only thing I think with that kid, and it it worked actually in those scenes, but I do think that the tone of the film kind of clashed with itself at times. You know, David Gordon Green is has done quite a lot of comedy stuff. And it was co-written by 
co-written by David Gordon Green and Danny McBride, who both, you know, they've written a bunch of stuff together. Did they do Your Highness, which was fucking terrible? Was that them? What was Your Highness? It was like that. It was the medieval picture that was also a stoner flick. Oh, either way, terrible flick. But they are... I do find that the tone really clashed with itself at times. There were times where I found myself laughing at the horror when I don't think I was supposed to be. Like that opening scene in the mental hospital, I found really poor. Like, did you feel that where you were like, I I don't think I ever felt like I was laughing when I wasn't supposed to be. Okay. Um, I suppose then it just comes down to personal preference as to whether you want it to be straight up horror slasher or if you like the the hum- yeah the hits of humor in it. That's true. But yes, that kid being babies that was fantastic. He was the bomb. And of course, in the lead up to that, you do get a like. Even I am like, well, you're dead, and you're dead. Yeah. You talked about drugs. You're dead. <laughs> yeah. You talked about dry humping, and that's probably enough. You're dead. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like so like I like the fact, even though like I I'm not a horror person, but I like the fact that for people that are, you get these sweet. Yeah, you're about to get done. <laughs> yeah, you like that predictability in the in the formula. Well, right. that's what I assume. I assume people who flock to these movies every time, well, well they must love it. Yeah. Otherwise, why would you keep going back? Because they're all the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, I I love horror movies, and that's that's what I go to see. I do get a um one of my one of my pet peeves. In, well, no, it's not so much a pet peeve. It's just a thing that happens to me in horror films is when I start kind of rooting for. The bad guy, because whenever anyone you does something- You were on Michael's side here. Well, only- And this happened in It as well. Yeah. Whenever a character does something so dumb- Yeah. That I'm just like- Oh, you deserve to be off. You, like, let's say for argument's sake, you escape from a police car with Michael nearby. Your grandma, who's basically Sarah Connor, her house is right there, but instead you run into the woods. Yeah. I was like, Missy, you done messed up. <laughs> yeah. If Michael gets you at this point- you don't have my sympathies. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, let's talk about our main trio, who we haven't really got to yet. So the film, like, I feel like you don't really get enough time with any of these three. How do you feel about that? I Yeah, I was, I was thinking something probably similar in that I think, personally, I would rather have had less or more time with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. Like, either have her front and centre being awesome. Yeah. Or- She's just like this avenging knight that swoops in in not much more than a cameo. Yeah. And it's just like, yes, it's Jamie Lee Curtis, rather yeah. than a, a an almost lead but really kind of supporting character. Yeah. Personally, I think the granddaughter should have been the- And she is the lead, but I personally would have liked it if she was the straight lead. Yeah. And- Jamie Lee Curtis just pops up every now and again, like yeah. And when you said Sarah Connor, that was definitely the vibe. It that part I actually loved that kind of transformation we see, and it is. It's like the difference you see in Linda Hamilton between Terminator and Terminator Two, where where sadly she lo- <laughs> lost the hair from the first film. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, mullet. <laughs> Hello, muscles. But yeah, that kind of shift from that kind of naive girl into this strong warrior from that event. I thought that was really cool, actually, to see her 40 years later and how this thing has transformed her. Yeah, and if she was, if we had not concentrated on the grand, if let's say for argument's sake, the granddaughter hadn't even been a character. Yeah. I'd have been okay with that as well. If And if they'd gone, all right, new Sarah Connor is the main character. Yeah. Great. Yeah, do that. 
Because I, I just uh, the, the kind of in betweeniness of it didn't really work. Yes, for me. and then also trying to balance Judy Greer in and develop her as well. Like she was this kind of thing who could have just been there just to be the granddaughter's mother and just to be Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter, but they did at times try to develop her a bit too. And I feel like they were juggling too many characters, really. And I love Judy Greer, and I thought she was cool and she had some cool moments, but it was just a bit too much to juggle for me. Yep, I hear. So. We're both um, Barn Me enthusiasts. Oh, I'm a big Barn Me fan. We love us some Barn Me and we quite regularly go and get some. There's a scene in this film which is, it's kind of Royale with cheese from Pulp Fiction, but about Barn Me. <laughs> Except that Royale with cheese scene is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and like, in general, I'm all for more Barn Me. <laughs> Being in a film. Yeah, look, but it's I, very rare that Barn Me comes up in film these days. It's It's been robbed. <laughs> but did we need that scene? <laughs> what was it doing? <laughs> look, my biggest problem with the film is the dialogue. I think there's a lot of scenes. That, and the original cut of this film was 40 minutes longer. The original cut of this film was over two hours and we now get an hour 40 and there's still fat to trim like and just the dialogue in general like how many people do you know who actually call their grandparents grandmother every time they talk about them like oh how's grandmother have you spoken to grandmother is that a thing why not grandma or granny or it just, it sounds yeah, I, so I was formal grandma but like we're australian and we if we can trim a couple of syllables anywhere, we'll do it. Yeah, that's true. How you doing, Graza? <laughs> Why not sound like I, Brad just, Pitt? I don't know. It, to me, that just sounds so unnatural. I Yeah, I agree. It took me out of it. I was like, come on, no teenage girl is calling them grandmother. Yeah, it's gangy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the climax of the film. Obviously, Michael's not dead. Did you stay to the end of the credits? No. There's no end credit scene as such, but there's breathing. Hot. Right at the end, you just hear like Michael breathing through the mask, and you're like, oh, yeah, he lived. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, well, I haven't seen a body, so. Yeah. Well, that's, so Jamie Lee Curtis has been planning for 40 years. That is not the house of a woman who has been hiding from Michael for 40 years. You would live in a yurt with no corners you know, like no nothing to hide behind. No mirrors. No mirrors. No. Do- you would live in just a yurt, a big circular room, a bed in the middle. So and then the could- bars would come down. Yeah, exactly. So that you could like stand against the wall and just like shimmy along the wall. So there's nothing behind you. Yeah, I think she missed a trick in not using you as a um. <laughs> I know a contractor. I do love her little uh, her kitchen island bench thing though. Yeah, it was cool. You know, I actually looked into that a couple of years ago. I, it's a panic room. It, well, not not necessarily. I mean, I would room. do the same thing, but it would be for wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I said I saw I saw the, an ad for this company that specialises in secret rooms and doors and stuff, and I was like, you know what? That's fucking cool. I don't even care where it leads to. I want a secret door. I will scare the shit out of my wife. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and they do things like you know bookshelves and all that kind. You know, like that typical yep. rich person secret door stuff. And I was, but it's really expensive. I bet. <laughs> and I don't know that Jamie Lee Curtis. Has the money for that stuff? Has she worked in forty years? Uh, it was D- it was DIY. That was DIY. Absolutely. So you reckon that she went and like studied electronics? And I do. She had a special button that moved it. You think that was DIY? It's a big button. <laughs> <laughs> but here's here's my other beef with that. You're hiding- it's almost like it's not real. You're hiding down in the secret room. Yeah. So you decide to shoot up at him through the floor, letting him know where you are. Okay. See, that does seem stupid. 
but it does kind of get explained by the fact that actually, no, you want him to know that you're down there. Because you want him to get down there and trap him. I don't trap! <laughs> <laughs> that, I did enjoy that moment of dialogue, actually. It's not a cage. It's a trap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was pretty gloriously terrible. Yeah. The, uh, the You get a couple of those. The other awesome Judy Greer moment was when she was pretending to cry, and then she was like, gotcha. <laughs> it's pretty lame. Yeah, that that line was not as good. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So I guess we're at the end then. So you have not seen any of the other Halloweens. None. Did you at any point feel lost in this film? No. Like, firstly, not a complex film. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, if, you, if you're if you of our approximate age, you can't help but know enough yeah. about these things that you're clued in enough anyway. Yeah. All right, what are you scoring it? I'm a four out of ten. A four? Yeah. Interesting. Like, I'm a- unsurprisingly, I don't think it's good. <laughs> But it's not like I wasn't like. It's oh, not like, like Insidious, the last key. Yeah, I wasn't like, get me out of here. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, this is disposable rubbish. And if you're into it, yay for you. Yeah, I'm a six. I had enough fun with it, but it's certainly not. It's not changing the genre at all, which is what the original did. The first Halloween was the first slasher movie. I'm not saying this needs to hold up to that bar, but like when you're posing this as a direct sequel and stuff. You're kind of implying that this is going to be better than it is, and I didn't feel like it was. Mm. My my favourite thing about the film is is the fact that it's a film of its time. Yeah. Um. I I I like the fact I like you know um creepy friend seems like a nice guy as soon as she's single he's like hey yeah how about some of this and she's like um fuck off yeah and then I'm like ah Jason's gonna get you not Jason who's this one <laughs> <laughs> Freddie <laughs> right, who do you think would win in a fight Michael Jason and Freddie um. Jason. Jason? You can't escape the Jason walk. Oh, but you, can, but you can't escape Michael either. He's, it's just that classic slow, lumbering. But you reckon Jason? Dude's got a hockey mask. He does have a hockey mask, but this guy has a Shatner mask. Yeah. You know, I reckon- <laughs> If the, he did some spoken word. <laughs> I was just going to say, the next Halloween film, because this is clearly going to have a sequel, just cut a Shatner. Just fork over the mask. That would be amazing. Just a Shatner, like, with a white painted face. <laughs> Just like he pops out of the shadows and starts doing spoken word common people. <laughs> that would be the best. I would pay good money for that. I'd go more than once. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's fingers crossed that that's what they go with. Here is Blumhouse. <laughs> more like Manhouse. Hey, oh, I there. there. Yeah. <laughs> Getting on your high horse. <laughs> you know that you are a white man. Damn it. <laughs> Speaking of white men being terrible, um, I also watched uh, Paul Greengrass's new Netflix film the other day, 22 July. Right. About the mass murder in Norway in 2011. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as I was hoping it was going to be, but it's worth checking out if anyone's wondering what to watch on Netflix. Interesting. And then like a day later, like I wake up and it's like, oh, someone's gone into a synagogue. Uh, I know. And I was like, yeah. oh, white men, <laughs> how good are we? <laughs> well, I've been watching a lot of game show network. Yeah, which I can highly recommend. Didn't know that was a thing. Mate, I'm, I'm obsessed. I love Game Show Network. It's a shame that you'll have to come back to work next week, isn't I it? I know, I'm really bummed. Well, I, it's all right. I've got the DVR set up to record like 20 different game shows. But don't you have to go home and like at some point care for your infant child? <laughs> yeah, while watching Game okay, Show. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, she's asleep on your chest. Oh, yeah, I'll chuck your Game Show on. Yep. Yeah. That'll keep her asleep. <laughs> yeah. 
She loves it. Just like she loves the magic shows I've been making her watch. I'm telling you, I'm going to raise a magician slash game show enthusiast. I'm calling child services. <laughs> traveling family of magicians <laughs> competing on game shows as we go across the country. God. <laughs> All righty. Well, I reckon that's enough from us. <laughs> what are we going to do next week, my friend? Next week? We're not going to the movies next week. No, we're not. We're staying in. That's right. We're going to do a throwback, and it's my choice. It's your choice of something. You have to pick something that I haven't, that I like, um, shamefully haven't seen. Next week we're going super old school, and you have in the past ripped on me for not picking actual classics. I have. <laughs> so I'm going with one that is on the top two fifty. Okay. During our top ten crimes, discussion- you know that there's stuff on the top two fifty that's clearly not a classic. Oh yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> During our top 10 crimes discussion, it came up that you haven't seen Strangers on a Train. Yep. I want you to watch it. I'll do it. So Hitchcock. I'll do it for you. Classic. That's what we're doing next week, buddy. Done. All righty. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, throw us a few dollars and listen to Billy Creeps Go Out. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing. Totally worth it. And please, you know, if you like what we're doing, give us a review on iTunes. Tell some friends about the show. Really helps us out. Catches. See you. I don't, but I don't know the song. Oh, come on. That's the first, the first time I heard the song was in there. I'm like, I assume this is the Halloween music. That's ridiculous. I don't know it. Let's give it a go. Let's give it a go. Oh. <laughs>